We are starting off summertime. And as a kid, summertime meant a lot of things for me. It meant sleeping in, it meant staying up late, uh, it meant eating a lot of junk food, and it looks like summer never ended. Um, but it meant a lot of different things. But one of the biggest traditions that, that I had come every summertime, without a doubt, was baseball season. Every single summer, I was at the ballpark. We had a game, great, I was there. We didn't have a game, great, I was there. My dad and I were going to the ballpark almost every day. This one time I remember being a kid, going out to the ballpark, and right in the middle of the parking lot, it was before the season started, there was like the greatest thing that like a, an eight-year-old boy could possibly run across. A brand new pile of rocks. The, like, the possibilities are endless with a brand new pile of rocks. Had a few friends with me. We're looking at it and we're like, man, we could like play King of the Mountain, which is basically a royal rumble of who can stay on the top as long as possible. So you start sweeping each other's legs, throwing each other down. We're, we, were, we were boys. We were fighting, obviously. We were thinking, man, we could throw the rocks. And like we could either throw them at like signs or things or like each other. It's great. This is going to be so much fun. Well, we had this game that we were trying. There was a flatbed truck that was parked in the parking lot. And we were standing on top of the rock pile. And we were taking turns trying to throw the rock where it landed on the flatbed truck and would stay on the flatbed part. And we were all excited, like one guy got one, he's like, yeah, what's up? And then like somebody else gets one and now they're both making fun of me because I didn't get one yet. And it's like, it's just going back and forth until finally one of them looks at me and says, I bet you. Now, anytime those words are spoken on a playground kind of setting, man, you're getting checked, <laughs> like you gotta watch out. Somebody's coming after you and like saying, we're gonna, make, we're gonna make sure that you do the embarrassing thing. One of them looks at me and says, I bet you can't throw it and hit the white part of the truck, the cab, the front side. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, well, I got a challenge. If I say no, I'm a wuss. But if I say yes, I better hit it. So sure enough, I, I could do it. Watch, grab a rock, stand up, get a good throw. It's on its way, flying through the air. It's like slow motion. It was on line, it was perfect until it hit the window on the passenger side and missed the white part of the door. My buddies who were, you know, they were kind of egging me on. They were the ones that kind of put me up to it. They ran. Great. <laughs> now, I'm the one by myself just staring at the shattered window. So what did I do? I ran as well. <laughs> I take off. I'm running around. I'm hiding. I'm like, what did I just do? How can we make this better? Who can I blame? Whatever it is, how is it that I can find a way to get the spotlight off of me doing something wrong and put it on somebody else? How is it 
that I can take the blame off of me and put it on someone else. Like, man, no, my friends never should have egged me on to do that. Or the guy that left the rocks there should have never left the rocks in a place that a bunch of kids could play with it. That might work. Or maybe, maybe how about the guy that parked the truck there? Why is he parking the truck by a wrecked ballpark and just leaving it? Maybe my dad shouldn't have taught me how to throw when I was a kid. That's what I'm going to do. Just finding any possible way to get the blame off of me and onto somebody else. Because I was desperate. <laughs> Today, in our first reading, that's exactly what Adam is stuck in after he eats of the apple. After he eats of the forbidden fruit in Eden that God explicitly said, do not eat of. When God finds him, he asks these questions back and forth. And whenever he says, who told you you were naked? The response that Adam gives him is very plain. It's very simple. He says, the woman that you gave me is the one who gave me the fruit and I ate of it. Think about that. Adam's first reaction when he messes up is to throw the blame somewhere else. The woman, the same one that is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, that two chapters before, or a chapter before in the Bible, he is ecstatic to finally meet. What does he say? The woman. He throws blame at, his, at the best gift that God has ever given him. That you gave me. He throws blame on God himself. The same one that gave him life. The same one that gave him a place to live. The same one that has given him food. The same one that has given him Eve. He says that you gave me. He's desperate. And he's looking to throw the blame in any direction that's not him. See, our culture falls into this kind of attitude all the time. Our culture loves this kind of attitude of, it's not your fault. You're made that way. It's not your fault. This is just the circumstances that you live in. It's not your fault. It's someone else did that, so it's their fault. In so many ways, our culture loves this play the victim, blame someone else kind of mentality. And in today's scripture, God says, no. God says, no. There's something wrong with pointing the blame somewhere else. Like how often is it that even in that simple situation where I break a window as a kid, where is it that we look first to cast the blame on someone else? Just like, Adam, just like Adam, the woman, we want to point, it's my friends, it's my colleagues, it's my spouse, it's someone else that caused me to sin. It wasn't me. Someone else forced me to go there. It wasn't me. 
I didn't do it freely. I didn't do it on my own. Someone else had a part in it. Or we can blame the authority. The woman that you gave me, God. Why does the church have all these rules about X, Y, and Z? Why can't we just do what we want? We question the authority. We question the one who puts the rules in place. We want to throw the blame on them. The last person that we could possibly let the blame fall on is us. When we mess up, when we sin, we fall short. We miss the mark. The blame's on us. Not on our friend, our neighbor, not on God or the authority or the church. It's on us. Do we own up to it? See, every Mass, when we approach, when we, when we come, at the very beginning of Mass, we begin with what's called the penitential rite. From the very beginning of the Mass, we're proclaiming and crying out the words of mercy. God, show me your mercy. God, I am a sinner. I am fallen. Show me your mercy. As I come to the Mass today, like, Lord, look, I messed up with my family. I messed up not honoring my parents. I messed up with this group of friends. I messed up with my girlfriend or boyfriend. I messed up. And we come to Mass from the very beginning, crying out and seeking God's mercy. Seeking His presence in our life anew. So that we can be strengthened, so that we don't sin again, so that we don't fall into those same things. You see, today, when we come to this Mass, when we come to this celebration of the Eucharist as a family of faith, when we come here to this altar and ask the Lord, God, meet me where I'm at, He answers us. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is part of the Trinity, He stepped down into the world. God became man to understand what it's like to be in the messiness and the dirtiness and the vileness that is in our lives. He understands what the ramifications are for our sin. He stepped down from the Trinity, from the exchange of love that is God, right? He stepped down to meet you and I here today. And he does it again in the Eucharist. He does it again today for each one of us. The world's a messy place. Our lives are not pristine or not the cleanest things in the world. We'll have a lot of places that we can throw blame, we can throw these different things around. But ultimately, God looks at us and says... I'm willing to meet you where you are. I'm willing to meet you right where you are. Now the reality is, for each one of us, we hear that, and we probably think of it a little bit differently. 
Some of us are like, man, that's awesome. God himself is willing to step down and meet me where I'm at. God the Father is willing to step down and meet me in my sin to pull me out. Wow, that's amazing. Some of us might be thinking, oh no, God's going to see me in my sin? It's scary. What if he judges me? What if he pushes me down further? See, a lot of times our experience of God is painted by the relationships that we have here on earth. But the reality is, is that God comes like a good father, like the father and the prodigal son that goes out to get his son. Like the father, like, like the perfect father that he is, he comes and he lifts us out of our sin. He strengthens us. He brings us back to the place that we deserve. The dignity and the love that we deserve, he continues to show us. See, when I broke that window so many years ago, I was scared. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. It freaked me out. I had no idea what I was gonna do. And I ran away and I was ready to sneak away and never speak of it again. And it wasn't gonna be a problem because no one knew that I broke it. And on my way home, I was riding in a vehicle with my dad, and my conscience is just eating at me. Until finally I looked at him and I said, Dad, I messed up. I threw a rock, I broke a window, the truck that's parked there, and I was waiting for the wrath of God. I was waiting for the hollering and the yelling and the raising, all kind of, you know what, get to the house, he says, go to your room. And I sat there in fear for what felt like a week when it was like 20 minutes. And he came in, and I still remember, my dad looked at me and he said, you messed up. I said, yes, sir. Never said sir to my dad, but yes, sir, because I'm trying to get as many brownie points as possible. He says, you owned up to it, we're going to take care of it. Don't worry. See, each one of us, when we come to Mass, we come with our guilt, we come with our shame, we come with our sin, and when we offer that and let God in, He doesn't look at us as a judge. He doesn't look at one that's trying to beat us down with it. He looks at us and says, okay, I'm going to meet you where you are and lift you up. Today, we come to this Mass, we come to this celebration, we come to this Eucharist, and when we walk up the aisle and we look at the Lord in the face, hear the words, the body of Christ. That body of Christ is coming to meet you where you are. Let your amen that we respond back, let it be us letting go of whatever it is that weighs us down. Let it, be, let, let it be us saying, Lord, I'm tired of blaming others. I want to be with you. Let our action of coming forward to receive communion, 
and receiving the Lord into our life anew be our appeal to let him in to our messy life.